Hi everyone and welcome to episode 114 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. And today we're joined by Jared. Hey guys. Yay. How's it going Jared? It's been a little bit while since you've been on. Oh yeah it has, you know, just drama galore, you know, awesome, awesome stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We've had quite a few audio issues trying to get you back on the show. Yeah. It's been been fun. Yeah, yeah. But it's Fun very important that you are on the show today because we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy Explorers, spoiler-free, of course, for anyone who's worried. Uh, and it's good because we have three very different opinions. Yes. Um, and we're going to be talking quite, hopefully quite in-depth about the game. Um, just kind of our thoughts, how we played through it, uh, and just any general comments uh, and stuff that people have, really. Um, yeah, and we've got a couple of questions from the community too. But before we get on to all of that... For you new folks, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We now have a new show every Tuesday in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and it comes on iTunes, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and YouTube.com forward slash FFUnionVids. Uh, next up, we have shout-outs for our Patreon supporters. So this is for anyone who's pledging $2.50 per episode or more. But you can pledge simply a dollar and get access to our monthly giveaways, as well as an exclusive Patreon podcast called Please Be Excited. So let's do these shout-outs then, Lawrence. Okay. Do you want to start? Sure. Uh, the first one is from Tiger Crane, whose Twitter handle is at Milkshake. Next, we have Christian Burge. Uh, next, we have William Trengrove, who is at Varnish the Azure. Next, we have Erwin Velez. Next, we have Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero. And then we have Michael Graham. And Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58. Then we have Chris Vallant, who is at Moosehead Studio. Harley Crawley, who is at DarkZT Okami. Then we have Thorin Bullen. Alex Troutman. At Akira Namjin. And we have Manning Franks, who's at like underscore Peyton. And Keith Field, who um, tweeted at me. It was just kind of like, uh, I hope that you're laughing at my Twitter handle is a good thing. Yes, it is. I, I just find it amazing. It's at the mighty Keith. Then we have Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson. And then we have Mike Shirley Donnelly, who's at Curious Squail. Yeah. Yeah, Squail. Curious squail. It's Curious like squall, squail. but with an I instead of an L. I know, that kind of threw me a bit. I was just like, is that squall or squail? Oh, I read yeah. squall. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you want to get shouted out, please uh, feel free to head over to the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And you might hear Lauren really struggle to say your Twitter handle. I'm sorry. It's one of the mo- It's probably one of my favorite parts of the show, actually. Aw. Yeah, nice. I, I got to tell you, though, it seems like this list just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It does. It's really yeah, nice it to see. Really nice. We are, we're so grateful for everyone who supports us, and it's it's so awesome. And I seem to read a, like a lot of those Twitter handles that time. Hey, I think you, you only you got wanted a few. to go first. You volunteered. All right, so Final Fantasy Explorers is now out. Yay! Laura and I have been talking about this for well over a year. It came yep. out in Japan quite some time ago, and uh, we've been actually chomping at the bits of players since then. Lauren especially, because she's never really got into this genre of game. And I think the way they kind of pitched it with like all the cameos from the characters and how the monsters were going to be a massive part of it, it just seemed like a really awesome experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Daryl said, I, I've never played a Monster Hunter. I've never played um, Soul Sacrifice, although I've listened to Daryl play it, which was not... It's got an interesting soundtrack. Not that fun of an experience. 
<laughs> no, that's not, but anyways, um, but yeah, um, I've always heard of like Monster Hunter and I know so many people who are obsessed. Well, you're even excited about Explorers before you even knew that it was a Monster Hunter style game. Yeah, just because, I mean, it was going to feature all the characters from the past games and it just seemed really cute. <laughs> there we go. It seemed really cute. <laughs> yep. Um, what about you, Jared? Were you that interested in, in checking it out? Uh, I, I was cautiously optimistic. I've never really played games from the same genre as Monster Hunter other than Monster Hunter, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect if, it was, if they were going to try to mimic exactly what Monster Hunter did or try to make it into their own thing, so... I would read the news as it's come up. I was cautiously optimistic the whole way through, I think. That's good. I mean, so we've kind of got the summary there. So I have played a bit of Monster Hunter in the past, like many years ago on the PSP. So I checked out Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. But I've also played Soul Sacrifice and Tukiden. So I've I've played a couple of different... I've also got God's Eater Burst, but I, for some reason, never actually played it. I just It's just there. <laughs> um, whereas Jared is a monster hunter fanatic <laughs> yeah so so let, let's talk about that a little bit so yeah uh like you i also started with freedom unite which i didn't realize at the time was actually the hardest one in the series still yeah. considered to be and uh after that i played monster hunter try on the wii i played three ultimate on the 3ds and then i bought for you on the 3ds in grand total i've put in over a thousand hours into the series um that's more than what i've put in final fantasy and kingdom hearts combined that's uh that's mmo worthy it, it, it is literally an MMO. I mean, that that's what it is. So, so some of them don't have the online functionality. Yeah. You know, some of it's got to be local play. But <laughs> it is, it's an MMO. It's got that grindy element to it. And I think with Lauren, we have someone who's a bit green around the ears. Yeah. She's not really experienced in the, the, the I guess, the monster hunting subgenre. No, no. So I'm looking at this very doe-eyed and, um, yeah. So hopefully we've kind of got you covered with uh, different perspectives here about how Final Fantasy Explorers potentially comes across depending on which types of games you've played in the past uh, and what your exposure to this type of genre is. Mm. So, I mean, first impressions, uh, what did you think, guys? The first time you checked it out, um, before you maybe got too far into it, maybe after you've been playing a couple of hours? Well, I was just like, this is not um, a, like a typical Final Fantasy game. Yep. <laughs> Um, there was a lot of customization, which I was happy with. Um, but then it was like with the job classes, I was getting a bit confused because, um, it's really particular in, uh, how you play the game. Like, um, if you choose a white mage and you're playing alone, you will struggle. I was even playing as a knight and, um, that I found really hard initially because, um, the knight is a, is a tank. So I wasn't doing that much damage. Granted, I wasn't dying a lot, but it was just taking forever to do anything. Yeah, I and mean, then the job classes are an interesting one. I mean, we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. Yeah, sure. But, um, um, but this is just like my initial yeah. initial sort of thing. So then I switched classes. But, um, but what do you I, think about like the story liked... and the structure? Obviously, you're not you're not used to this mm. style of game. So like the there fact wasn't... that you've got like the, the missions and yeah. like the different objectives you have to fulfill, and you have that notion of a, a small town. Yeah, which I thought was quite cute. Um, it was a lot to sort of take in at first, especially since I wasn't used to this game, um, really. Uh, the quests start out really easy. They're all, like, tutorial missions and yeah. that sort of thing. So it really got me, like, involved with what was going on. But I guess the thing that stands out the most for me is that there's not really much of a story. There's not really, like, big cutscenes or anything. There's just, like, a few 
bits of dialogue with each of the characters within a town. Yeah, and, and I mean, that that, sort of that's kind of standard for the genre. I mean, I don't know if Monster Hunters has like evolved a bit more into that. Monster Hunter is still very much like that. Um, it's very basic tutorials. Every dozen or so missions, you'll get a cutscene, you'll get a story, but at the end of the day, the main story's nothing that grand. It's just hit the big monster with a stick. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's it. Whereas, like, I mean, like, Soul Sacrifice and Tukiden were two games where they actually tried to put in a narrative of some kind. I think Tukiden probably did the best out of any of the ones that I've played. They actually had, uh, you know, named characters who came along for missions with you. Um, there was an overarching narrative about trying to drive demons back in to like wherever the hell they've come from um so that was it was it, i mean it does show that it can be done it's just with explorers they kind of went down that route of not really adopting much of a story now uh, my, my impression on this game was um a little different from lauren's uh some of it's just because of my background with monster hunter but it reminded me a little bit of how final fantasy 14 opens up in terms of you know there is a story but that's definitely not your focus um the villages, it kind of surprised me. The village looks almost exactly like the villages in the Monster Hunter games. It's just yeah. that uh, you have more of an overhead perspective. Mm. I'm not sure what you would call the perspective. In Monster Hunter, it's, I guess, 2.5D or something. Yeah, it's kind of like you're, but, looking, uh, it, you're looking flat on, aren't you? Yes, and it's it seemed like, to me, in some ways, it maybe borrowed a few two elements, at least just from my initial impression. It's like, okay, I see where you're pulling this from Final Fantasy. I see where you're pulling this from Monster Hunter. But this part just looks like you copy and pasted it from the 3DS games just about. <laughs> one thing I hated was that you couldn't use the camera in the town. Oh, that was awful. Yeah. But one thing I, in my first impression, I did like was that I could tell immediately this was catered to people who have never played this genre before. Mm. I mean, like, you, like y'all mentioned, you know, if you want to, you could start out as a white mage. But the only reason you're going to do that is if you already know how to get into the team groups. Whereas yeah. if you want to start out single player, you have your classes for that. But um, it, in some ways, I see how it catered to more experienced players, but general first impression, it seemed like it was perfect for beginners of the genre. Yes, I mean, let's get on to that then. I mean, Lawrence talked about the job classes, you just kind of mentioned it there, and I think it's something that could be a deterrent to people that are playing this game that perhaps don't have that network of friends that they can rely on. And I know there is an online aspect to it, but not everyone wants to do that. Some people just want to play by themselves. Yeah. Um, and while there is a wide array of job classes many of them just aren't really that appropriate for that kind of thing. Like, you know, if you wanted to play as a white mage, you pretty much, you, there's no way you'd ever be able to do anything really because you don't do any yeah. damage. Um, yeah. And like, if you're a time, if you want to be like a time mage or another kind of supporting class, it becomes very difficult. And even something like a, a black mage is a bit troublesome because Although you'll have monsters uh, if you're playing by yourself to kind of distract the focus, it's not the same as when you're playing with other people who, like, if you're playing as a knight class, they can use provoke, they can take the aggravation off you. Monsters aren't going to do that in the same way. And even when I was playing with a black mage as Lauren, it's just like, if, so for example, if Lauren died, like, I, I'm pretty much, I have to just run away. There's <laughs> not really much <laughs> I can right. do against the stronger bosses just because I'm so weak in comparison. I might do a lot of damage but I can't really protect myself in any way. Which is a bit how it is in the dungeons in Final Fantasy fourteen, really. Mm. Yeah. You kind of, uh -huh. <laughs> when I get stuck alone and I'm a white mage and everybody else is dead, which really shouldn't happen because I should be saving them. Um, but I'm just kind of like, get away from me. Every, and, every monster. And that is was like something um, I wasn't too big with on the classes was uh, as compared to the Monster Hunter games I played, instead of having 
class types you had 11 weapon types well you did have your support weapons like a well for instance you had a hunting horn whereas within explorers like if you choose to be a white mage your melee attacks you might you might end up doing some but only to get ap back yeah but there's no other reason why you'd want to try and do that yeah, for me, once I switched over to Monk in the single player, I had such an easier time. Like, uh, I started out as a knight, and I just, I was, I was doing all right, but it wasn't as easy. Like, I wasn't, like, breezing through or anything. And so once I switched over to Monk and could do these major damage-dealing uh, attacks, it was just so much easier and so much nicer. What did you end up playing as, Jared? I end up using the Arranger. Um, I actually enjoy using the Bone Arrow in this game way more than a Monster Hunter is a lot less complicated. <laughs> and you don't have sucky armor. To me, it was just fun. Uh, the targeting was great using the Ranger, which was something it also did better than Monster Hunter. Because that, that, that's always been a little quirk to the series. But uh, I liked it. I was surprised how much damage I could deal. I was surprised I could take on bosses by myself. I enjoyed it. Once I found it, I stuck with it. I didn't bother with the others after that. Yeah, I think yeah, that's no. the, the way it kind of goes. I mean, like... It's in Type Zero, for example, and this is maybe a, a strange comparison. Like there were so many different styles of play you could have that generally, like you'd pick some, but then might maybe you ended up being forced to use others, and you you kind of like that. But I feel with Explorers, like although there is a wide array of job classes you can pick from, actually, if you're playing single player, it's quite limited to the ones you actually might viably want to use, and even when you're um, like uh getting on to playing multiplayer um just certain moves they become a bit difficult to use like i remember like when i was playing as a monk with lauren um there's like a chakra move and you have to stand in like the circle so unless you like visibly communicate the fact that you want to try and heal in this way it makes it very very challenging yeah definitely i believe that's been an issue with 3ds games to begin with i don't know of a single one with multiplayer to wear you could do audio well without it breaking up or there being some type of verbal lag. So No, I mean, just like we're sitting in the same rooms each other, but unless I'm like, go and stand in this circle, like it's not a case of target that character, you'll heal them. Mm. It's kind of like, oh, you got to stand in this Yeah, thing. stand in this And it was circle. like the same with the black mage spells. It was a bit annoying, the fact that like if you want to use um, fire, it will send a fireball. Yeah. But if you right. want to do like an ice spell, it's got a range to it. So you have to get actually quite close to be able to do the spell. Yeah. Which is just a bit strange. I don't know why mm-hmm. they kind of did it that way. And the same kind of thing was with um the beam. There's a beam move. I forget what it's... I think it's like um something like aura beam or something what, like that. for the that. monk? Yeah, and it's a similar type of thing. And it got really annoying because like, I would target and then she'd be standing the wrong way. And it's just like, well, why aren't you facing the enemy? Yeah, although I would say that people that play Monster Hunter games are used to... Uh, difficult gameplay mechanics <laughs> oh yes yes if, you, if you've been playing monster hunter for more than like a week you you come to get used to that pretty quickly it's either that or you're returning the game i mean that's just how it works <laughs> also as an fyi if you do hear a baby crying or fussing that's alessandra yeah she's chilling out while we're recording we're trying she's to get this done chill. We but apologize. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. She just wants to be part of it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But uh, the targeting system like really got on my nerves like um, with this game um, in terms of the large and small. So it was great. It, like the small was okay just because it would it would target the like smaller creatures, but it would target a smaller creature that was like 
ways away from me, like a yard away from me. And then there was one that was just like a few feet in front of me and it wouldn't target on that. It would target on the one that was like ridiculously far away. Now, I, I generally did not have that problem as long as my character was facing the monster. Yeah. It almost got the right target every time. Yeah. And like I said before, compared to the Monster Hunter games I've been playing this whole time, that targeting system is an explosive yeah. way better. Yeah. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so to me, I welcome something. it. All right, so moving the conversation along, what did you guys think about like the general theme of the world, uh, kind of the areas that you go to, and uh, like the enemies and the bosses that you face? Um, I thought it was quite nice. Um, there's a nice sort of array of different areas that you can go into. Uh, one of the first areas that you go into is a bit more of a... Um, sort of calmlands type feel there's a lot of grass plains and it it it's really nice um and then you go into sort of um like fiery pit area where it's like this volcanoes everywhere and that sort of thing and then uh but there's also like a lightning area and there's also a forest and an ice area and so on and so forth it's really nice like um You'd never feel bored. How did you feel about the fact that, like, when you're going towards a boss, you have to go through all these, like, little passages? It gets a bit annoying at times, but... I guess the first time you do it, it's nice. Yeah. But then if you want to go and fight that boss again, it's like, why do I have to do this? See, again, going back to Monster Hunter, that is normal. I mean, that is something that you have to do in every game similar to Monster Hunter. So to me, that just felt like that was part of the genre. Well, I guess if anything, it, it makes the um, challenge a bit harder because obviously you're timed on each of the quests. It's so true, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sucking down your time a bit. So you really have to think about where you're going to drop. I would say, though, that compared to Monster Hunter, and, and again, I don't know if they continue this, but Tukadun has some mechanic whereby you never know where the boss is. So, right. like, whereas in Final Fantasy Explorers, you know where you have to get to and you know you've got to go through an annoying passage. Mm. Whereas in, like, Tukadun, you know you have a map and you've got to try and find the enemy you're trying to kill, which is where the kind of the time lag comes in. Whereas Explorers, yeah. it was just like, no, I've just got to get from A to B. I know where I've got to go to. There's no ambiguity about this yeah. whatsoever. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and see, uh, Monster Hunter is still like that also. Ex I mean, the first time you encounter a monster, he'll always be in the same spot. But after that, you really don't know where he is. Sometimes you're going to have your character try to look for signs to where he may be. But, you know, mm -hmm. with Monster Hunter, you will find him in the same spot. And I, I thought that was good. Uh, I thought that was more casual compared to the other ones I played. Uh, definitely made things easier for me. Yeah, <laughs> and I loved the fact that um, whenever you went into certain areas, it told you where you came in from. Yeah, that was good. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. They should do that for every game. Like, that is just, that was so simple, but it was so helpful. So what do you think about the bosses then? Well, most of them are, like, the sort of Eidolons that we've had in the past, um, they were pretty easy, really. Like, there's not much to them. What about you, Jared? Yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way as Lauren did. I mean, if we're talking about in terms of fighting them, I mean, it wasn't nothing special. It's not like anything really did a scary amount of damage to me. Mm. Um, I was surprised at how little damage they did to me. I mean, and just in general, if, like, what the bosses looks like or their designs, you know, it wasn't nothing special either. Yeah. To be fair, though, as you go later on to the game, some of the bosses do get quite difficult. Like um, Amaratsu, for example, a beast. It's like this big... Um, I, I don't know if they've really been in I think any he's, other Final Fantasy. I don't think he's really been in anything else. No, but he's this like sort of blade... Uh, blade guy he has a ton of swords that he wields and he just throws them at you 
So you really have to sort of, um, you have to sort of look at him and sort of study his moves a bit just so that you don't die. <laughs> he's quite, he's quite difficult. But there again, I was, I was having to get in quite close. I don't know if a ranger, it would be a lot easier because you can stand far away from him. But for me, I really had to get up close and personal. Yeah, with I would him. say like when you're fighting like the giant uh, Marlborough, mm-hmm. um, like if you're stand- if you have to get up close and personal, like it makes things a bit more difficult. Yeah, because yeah, definitely. Um, like he has the vines that come out the floor, and then he's got that huge move that makes everything crush into the floor. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that would be a bit more challenging. Even if you are ranged, I mean, the monster's going to come to you anyway. So, I mean, you'll you'll get maybe five seconds of shooting ranged attacks, and after that, you're hauling tail again, trying to get away from them. So, I mean, how does it work with the minions uh, or the monster minions if you're ranged? Do they just kind of do they stick by you, or do they uh, are they aggressive? Uh, Actually, I did. I was not able to get any minions at this point. Oh dear! Oh no! <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, giving me the look of shame. We'll shelve that question and pass it over to Lauren then. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, the minions were uh, quite stupid in that they would keep standing in the wrong place. Like they, they basically just would try and uh, bulldoze into the enemies. They're just kind of like, "Enemy, let's go!" and um, they would die often yeah i think i mean the big difference is like if you're playing by yourself you can get three minions and yeah they are actually quite difficult to get because you've got to get the essence of the monster and that's like a really random drop isn't it yeah because um when i started playing it when i was doing my preview uh i got um, a mandragora whereas lauren i don't think you've even got a mandragora or anything like that so like it's it's pretty random which ones you get but I think the big difference is if you're playing it by yourself, you get the three minions. Whereas if you're playing uh, co-op, like when Laura and I are playing together, we, we can only get one minion. And right. it's depending on like I can take a minion or Lauren can take a minion. Mm. Um, and then I think it's a bit different because when you're doing it like that, the minion, like what they're doing isn't as important because you've got at least another person who can act as a distraction. Yeah, and I mean, really, even in a Monster Hunter, even though minions... Could, I mean, you get cats for minions. Even though they've gone smart in each game, really, their sole purpose is to be a distraction. So the monster is I mean, attacking personally, something else. Like, after playing Tukadem, where you have at least three allies each time, it, it was a bit disappointing to see how bad the AI was. And I don't know if that's a limitation of the 3DS, because um, obviously Tukadem yeah. and the Vita, but it it was a bit annoying to see that, like, especially because the monsters were kind of pitched as a big part of the experience, and that the fact you can have all these allies, um, the fact that it was really kind of tamely done was a bit was a bit disappointing. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate that the AI was done because uh, the 3DS is fully capable of it. I mean. The last two yeah. Monster Hunter games on 3DS, the minions are actually pretty smart. They'll actually do what you say. So uh, that that would be Square Enix's boo-boo this time. That That's a programming AI issue. Oopsie-daisy. Yeah, because, yep. yeah, like, I mean, I often forgot about the fact that I could go and check and see if I had new minions or not. Like, I would just, I just sort of think... It's a pretty... Eh. It, it doesn't... It's not a forefront mechanic. Like, it it's kind of you do it because it's there... But it's not really that essential. I mean, granted, like they do help quite a bit, and they get a lot of the damage down. Yeah, um, it's like when I was uh, playing on your character for a bit, like they just run up them and they just spam all their spells straight away. Yeah, and then they'll just be like, "All right, I'm done now." <laughs> yep, over it. And then somehow they and die. They would die, and then they would come back to life and stuff. I yeah, it's a bit strange. Um, all right, so Jared, what do you think about the the cameos and how that all uh, played in? Uh, I mean, cameos, I think, were really just eye candy. I mean, that's about it. I mean, I, I didn't care too much for it in general. 
I know Lauren uh, quite enjoyed the cameos. Um, I quite liked the Magicites. I liked the fact that you could um, use the, like, ultimates for each of the characters. Like, uh, yeah, Squall, if only for a short period of time. Like, Squall, you had Lionheart. Um, for Cloud, you had Omni Slash and that type of thing. I didn't really use the um, Eidolon ones, because if you could cap... You can actually capture the Eidolons. Yep. But I didn't really use them too much. I... I pretty much just stuck to the Final Fantasy characters just because just that because. was something new. It was something new that I was just like, this is kind of cool. Something that I wish was in Final, uh, Kingdom Hearts, to be fair. You knew Kingdom Hearts complaints. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, it would be, it would have been really cool if, like, you could summon a Cloud to just come in and whack at it. As a one of the character. minions. Yeah. That would or have been good. That. As opposed to- I'll say that would have been better. Yeah. That would have been better use of uh, minions and cameos. That's true. So, okay, so here we go. Here's here's the big question. Uh, and there, we actually have some other questions, so don't go too much into difficulty and all that kind of stuff. But, what, Jared, what do you think about the depth of the game? Like, compared to what you've experienced as a, as a Mon Hun veteran? I believe the only real depth you're going to get is when you get into multiplayer, because that allows you to use classes that you usually couldn't use in single player. Outside of that, in terms of looking at the armors, uh, the different stats you get, that type of thing, uh, how uh, things just work together by themselves without other people, I wasn't too impressed. I thought it was a little shallow. Really, I think all the depth will lie in the multiplayer. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd kind of go along with that as well, because, I mean, you know, like stuff like Monster Hunter, there's it's not just a case of kill the enemy. Like, it's right. you have to do things the way you kill the enemy, like, and there are... There's a lot more strategy involved, I felt, than there was there was with uh, Final Fantasy Explorers. But I mean, there's there's stuff there. I mean, the fact that you know the monster side of it does add some depth. Um, you can obviously do things to make the quest a lot harder uh, with the challenges. Um, and you know, I thought that the map was was good enough. Yeah, uh, I actually liked the maps. I liked how it was a lot more open. There weren't as many claustrophobic areas as in Monster Hunter games. Uh, but if one comparison I could make in terms of the depth that kind of turned me off. With uh, armor, in Monster Hunter, you still have your normal, you know, you've got this much defense, you're weak to this element, you're strong against this element. But what they did that add a lot of depth to it was that you would have uh, skill points. And if those skill points hit 10 or higher, it would activate. Well, then you get to where, well, your defense really doesn't matter in Monster Hunter as much as what skills do you have activated. Mm-hmm. Those make a bigger difference. But with Final Fantasy, they just stuck to the typical, hey, equipping armor is just as it is in the previous games. It just increases your base stats. You're not getting that big of an extra boost beyond that. Did you feel like you needed to uh, really hanker down and unlock some of the exclusive armors? Or did you just not even bother with that? No, I'd, honestly, I didn't even get to that. Yeah, I didn't. It just. No. It seems like it's just like they just put them in there, but I, you know, I, I never really felt like I wanted to farm missions like I would in in some of the other games to try and get the better armor. It just didn't really yeah. seem like it. Well, some of them aren't really that great. Like um, Godhand, I've been sort of working myself up towards, and um, I already have two weapons that have shown up that I could make in the workshop that are better than that yeah i mean it seems like they could just kind of put them in there for just that nostalgic value as opposed to i would have thought that 
putting like Sephiroth's armor uh, and like yeah like Riku's ultimate weapon you'd expect them to be like really powerful yeah. and that you'd have to really really work towards but it just seems like they would just I don't know would just put them in there it would just be a nice little reference that people can enjoy yeah well I mean that's kind of how they do it in the MMO anyway isn't it if whenever you get your special uh like holiday armor or special event armor it really doesn't do nothing for your stats it's just to show off you know nothing beyond that you've actually got to put a lot of time in to get these ones yeah because like the Genova ones um you could only really do one mission and it gave you one Genova yeah so you'd have to do the mission I think if you do it on a harder difficulty you can get two so maybe you'd have to do it at least five times to get some armor that isn't actually probably any better than what you currently have only five times Dude, hey, you've hey. obviously not played Monster Hunter as much as you're saying you have. I'm just saying, like, you know, with Monster Hunter, like, there's other ways they can make it fun. Like, the fact that you've got to break its horn off or something. And, like, sometimes you might be able to fight more than one at the same time, so you get more items. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, it's it was more the fact that, like, with on Monster Hunter, you're working towards armor that you know is going to give you a noticeable boost. Like, otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Yes. Whereas in this, it was like oh, okay, so I'm going to get some armor that's all right. It just makes me look visually a bit better. Well, I mean, I honestly do believe that the reason why, to us, it may not seem like there's a lot of death is because you and me, people who've played games like this, we're not the target audience. The target audience is people who haven't played this genre before. Like me. Which is, I mean, it's yeah. it's a fair point. Um, and it, I guess it, I'm just a bit disappointed in some ways that it didn't cater a bit more to both audiences. And like, yeah, I mean, Lauren, I, I mean... I'll be honest, when I'm playing, and you said yourself, Jared, it's fun. Like, it is fun. Yeah. And if you're playing it with some friends, like if you've got two, three, four people uh, in a party that can play together, you'll you'll have fun, and the time will disappear. You'll play, like, for a couple of hours, and you won't even notice it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is by no means a bad game. Yeah, I don't want people to say, I think I'm saying this is a horrible game of voice. Like, no, it's just that I have played better. I can't, it's just, I can't imagine spending 200 hours in Final Fantasy Explorers. I think that's no, I think that's the all. difference in terms of like the depth yeah. of the what there is there. Honestly, 50 hours max for me if that. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of our thoughts. Um hopefully you uh have a long I mean we've got three different opinions here that are very different. Mm-hmm. Um so hopefully some of what we're saying kind of resonates well with you for Explorers. Um but we're going to go over some questions now. Um Jared, do you want to take the first one? Sure. This is from Benny Chan and he asks has the earlier Japanese release date allowed for updates and revisions to the Western release? From what I could tell, the answer to that is no. No, it didn't. Which I... It's quite a shame, actually, because generally when there is this kind of lag between games, they would use that time to do tweaks and add extra content, um, but it doesn't really seem like they've done that with this one, which, again, is kind of a shame, but... Um, Maybe it's just a kind of the sign of the times, the way things are, because I don't think they've really done that with the Square Enix game for quite some time now. Well, the only thing you can really get is uh, you can get special weapons if you got the collector's edition. Yeah. But it's but, like... Great. And they're only <laughs> like certain ones. All right. So do you want to take the next question then, Lauren? Sure. This next question is from Sora96, who asks, how is the voice acting? <laughs> well, let me tell you about the voice acting. Um... It's actually right, but there is one particular voice that just I don't it would baff, it baffles me. I think is the best way to put it. The- so Moogles have a particular way that we've got accustomed to them talking. It's usually like a high pitched voice. Do you want to do Cupo, an impression? Cupo. There you go. Right. Yep, that's it. But there is a traveling Moogle merchant that appears who just goes Kropal. 
Like it's like this really <laughs> low pitch. Yeah, Cooper. It, it's uh, rather jarring. <laughs> it's it was the first time I heard it. I had I had to listen to it a couple more times just to th- see if I'd heard that correctly. <laughs> it, and apparently I had. Hey, Daryl Cooper. It's just the creepiest thing ever. <laughs> After talking to him once, I was like, you know what? I'm not buying anything from this guy. But I'll stick with the usual dudes. He this doesn't even have weird. anything good anyway. No, he just yeah, has what you can get at the shop. But you do collect things from him. Yeah, he just gives you stuff like, oh, you're level 30 now. Here's a thing. Here's a schematic that you probably don't care about. Well, he gives you magicite sometimes. Oh, that's true. I think he gives you Cecil, right? Uh, well, I didn't get Cecil yet. I um, I got like... What? I got, like, Cloud and all those kind of things. Oh, okay. Maybe it differs. Yeah. Well, yeah, it depends. I think it depends on what you unlock. And maybe also the gender of your character. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. Because, yeah, right. I mean, I still get the um, I still get the costumes for the guys. Um, I'm just not allowed to wear them, which is kind of cheeky. Yeah, it's a bit... Because it's not like... You can't change your character's gender, can you? Uh, you can give them a makeover. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, this next question is from Zachary Plyons. He asks, "What jobs are you have you ended up using most?" Which I think we've kind of answered already. Yeah. Monk. Yeah. Yeah, monk. Ranger. I uh, I like using time mage if Florence using monk, but um, monk's pretty pretty solid. I'm, yeah. See, I, I can see how those two classes could work together really well. Yeah. Yeah. Get, and know, then, that, like, there's your depth mage. right there. Get a bit of haste. <laughs> I do like my white mage. Yeah. Although we generally, we the first time I tried it, it was a bad scenario because the time mage actually has some offensive spells, so he can use quake. Uh, and the first time we used the time mage was against Shiva, who is a floating enemy, so I had no damage. <laughs> ah, so it's like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right, that's Whoops. that's really helpful. Okay, thank you. Um, all right, so do you want to take this last question, Jared? Yeah, this is from Mubaka. And he asks, can you shed some light on the general perception that the game is easy? Um, yeah, I mean, like, starting out, the game is really, the game is really easy. I mean, especially for somebody who has, is really familiar with this genre, um, it's pretty easy. But there are some bosses now that I've found have gotten a bit harder. And then there's also a lot of challenges that you can do in order to make it that much more difficult like you can have it so you don't have to do KOs you can do it so that um, you have 25% less time and that sort of thing and it does make it a bit harder yeah so I mean I, I'd say that the game it's a weird how you would describe it as easy because like okay so if you wanted to make the game harder you could use a less common job class for example or yeah. you could, um, yeah, like put all the challenges in place. Um, like try to get through or, it with like, a white mage. Yeah, or take no minions right. along. Like there's stuff you could do to make the game harder. But to me, that is not the point, right? You don't want to actively make the game harder. Whereas something like Monster Hunter, it's hard. And each of the job classes is balanced. Yes, they are. So like it's it's not about the fact that you're choosing a job class like Monk because it's easier to play than a white mage. It's the fact that I prefer playing this style, it's easier for me to use. And that's how I think it, like the perception of easiness comes into play with explorers. Yeah, and, and again, you know, like we said before, just because this game is easy doesn't mean we think it's bad. It's just that, you know, if you're someone who's had that much experience, an easy game is not going to be fun as much as a challenging game is. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, part of the the fun and charm, it's like Crystal Chronicles. Like, I, 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 I kind of <laughs> bang on about it, but... Like, 
I'm very aware of the fact that if you play Crystal Chronicles by yourself, that's probably one of the most boring things you could possibly <laughs> do. Whereas if you're playing Crystal Chronicles with three of your friends, that's it's actually really fun. Uh, there's a lot more interaction you can have. Like it just is is such a much more fun experience. And it's the same thing with Explorers. I feel that maybe it's a bit better if you're playing it by yourself than Crystal Chronicles is because it's not as arduous and monotonous. But at the same time, if you're going to play it with some friends, then I think you'll just have so much more of a better time. Uh, and like, but that's I guess it's the same with every game, right? Whenever you're playing a game with friends, you're willing to overlook certain things that you might not enjoy if you were just doing it by yourself. Yeah, because it's more of an experience. And you get the job class mixes, like which I think is going to be a really yeah. important part of Explorers. Yeah. And see, I mean, I already know you and Lauren, y- you two had a better experience than I did because y'all were able to play together like that. You were able to have fun. I did the entire thing on single player. So I guess I got to see the uglier sides of it more than uh, you guys did. Actually, uh, here's here's my question for you, Lauren. Uh, since you've now been introduced into this genre and you've played one that's not as intimidating as, you know, Tudokan or Monster Hunter, would that make you want to try the more difficult games or would you rather wait for a sequel to Final Fantasy Explorer? Would you rather stick to this particular series? I mean, yeah, I've like always, I've always sort of been interested in, um, Tukiden and Soul Sacrifice and Monster Hunter. So, like, it does make me sort of interested in, in exploring that a bit more, um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say I'd I'd play another another game like this. I guess it's just whether or not this game was intended as an entry title. I'm hoping that was the intention. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it uh, for our conversations with explorers. We're trying to keep the conversations a bit tighter, uh, especially because we have a, a baby who's very upset right now. Um, so she's we're actually try... really happy. She's actually really happy. She's All right. just cooing. I can't. I can't fully see. I just hear. I hear noises, and that <laughs> just keeps going. generally <laughs> works towards bad things. But so we're <laughs> going to try and wrap this up now. Um, we've got the music segment at the end of the show. That is going to be a song from Final Fantasy X. The original song is "Service of the Mountain" or "People of the North" or "The People of the Great North." Like there's way many different ways to refer to that track, but it's basically the music that plays in Gargazel. Uh, it's arrangement by um, 16 in mono. It's a nice guitar arrangement, so I hope you guys enjoy that. Next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 16th of February. Uh, you can subscribe, of course, on iTunes if you just search for Final Fantasy. We are the number one show. And, of course, you can check all the shows out at FinalFantasyUnion.com and forward slash FFUnionVids. Also, if you really enjoy what we do, please be sure to support us on Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. So, with that... Lauren is just bursting out in laughter, quietly, to respect the podcast. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> Ali's not respecting the podcast No, she's at all. not respecting it at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully anyone who's bought Explorers is enjoying it. If you haven't bought Explorers, hopefully we've kind of given you a better understanding about whether you might enjoy it or not. And yeah, I guess we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FunFantasyUnion.com production. Good. <laughs> oh